Hello, and welcome to Managing the Mitten. I'm your host, Morgan Detbay, and this is the podcast that discusses all things property management. Uh, so today we are uh, going to be talking a little bit about investments uh, and property management. The two kind of go hand in hand. Uh, my guest for today's show is Evan Elsie, who is the director for Investments One, uh, which is part of the Real Estate One family of companies. But Evan also spearheaded an iBuyer program that we're going to talk a little bit about later. Uh, hey, Evan, thanks for being hey, on the Morgan. show today. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good. Uh, before we get into our topics, I want to put you on the spot a little bit and uh, ask you some questions. So uh, uh, first one, have you always lived in Michigan? Uh, no, I lived in Texas for about 11 years. I went to school down there and stayed down there after college, uh, moved down to Houston and uh, made the trek back up to the great white north um, <laughs> about five years ago. Okay. All right. Awesome. Uh, what, what drew you to Texas school or was it the fishing <laughs> school? And then the fishing kind of consumed. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you could live anywhere besides Michigan, where would you live? Oh, um, I really like Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, I really like, I went to Asheville recently. Asheville's really cool. Denver, there I, are a yeah, lot of I places. love the Carolinas too. It's like you have the beach, you have the woods still. It's awesome. Yeah, there are a lot of places that would be more desirable to live than <laughs> especially in the winter. The winter, yeah. I'll give you that in the winter. I love our summers, but the winter, I'd probably rather be anywhere. <laughs> uh, so what is your favorite way to spend a day off? Oh, that's easy, Morgan. Go fishing. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. I could have answered that for you. Uh have you ever, this one, I hope you answer, answer uh, honestly. Have you ever had a nickname growing up and what was it? Well, I'm going to tell you the nickname, but then you're going to ask me to explain how I got the nickname. And it's not like it's a story that's not appropriate for our podcast. It just makes no sense. But my okay. friend from college called me Murph. Murph. Okay. It's, okay. There's no reason. It's... Okay. <laughs> All right, Mr. Murph. Okay. Uh, so do you dance? At weddings. At yeah. weddings. Okay, good. Because leading to my next question, what song gets you on the dance floor? Anything. I, I was really into rap and hip hop in the 90s and early 2000s. Okay. Anything in the rap hip hop genre. All right. I was at my cousin, uh, my cousin's wedding, and you know how the circles form on the dance floor. Yep. And I got in the middle, of course, and uh, you know, my maybe didn't have great traction on my shoes, and I slipped and fell, and um, I didn't hurt myself or anything, but it was <laughs> I did bruise my ego. I just I can imagine like what song is playing, like Biggie Smalls or like Jay Z, Big Pimpin or something. <laughs> no, that's your playlist, Morgan. <laughs> You're right. That's my playlist. <laughs> uh, what was your first job ever? Uh, I was a caddy at uh, a golf course when I was, I think I was 12. And I was I was pretty much too skinny to um, really be able to carry a, a full-size golf bag for 18 holes. Like, it was pretty tough. I kind of managed, but that wasn't my best so a rough job for you. Uh, how's your golf swing? 
Not great. My, not not great. No. <laughs> At least you're honest. Um, if you could have dinner with one person, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, um, that's a tough one, Morgan. I know, just one. That's that's. It'd be probably biblical, you know, somebody from like the biblical era. Yeah. Know, maybe Moses. Why not go big? I mean, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like go way back, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not like going back, you know, a couple hundred years. Yeah. No, I mean, if you can go back, why not? Mm -hmm. um, okay. If you had to choose between being able to fly or being invisible, which superpower are you choosing? I, I, would, I think I could monetize being invisible better. <laughs> so I would probably choose invisible. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm scared of heights anyway. Okay, so uh, I think we got to know you a little bit on that. Thanks for answering those, honestly. Um, and before we get into uh, talking about Investments One, I want to talk about the iBuyer program a little bit. Um, it's called Househop, and your website is Househop.com. But would you tell us a little bit about uh, what exactly Househop is? So Yeah, Househop is um, is what would um, fall in the category of an iBuyer, um, which iBuyers are... Um, sort of taken off nationally, but in our particular market, which is Southeast Michigan, they haven't really showed up yet. Um, so this is kind of our take on the iBuyer model, um, which is basically a way for sellers to solicit um, a cash offer for their home and really close on their own timeline with their own terms. Um, this is for um, homeowners that wanna sell, but maybe don't wanna do it the traditional route Mm -hmm. um, you know, which has been around for a long time. And it is really best for for most homeowners or sellers, um, which is, you know, listing the home on the market and uh, letting the forces of supply and demand sort of take over to, um, you know, receive an offer and, and that whole process. That's going to be right for most people, but yeah. it's not for everyone. And so this kind of bridges the gap between the traditional model of buying and selling homes and also the other extreme is like your cash buyer, right? So, you know, your, your investor, your wholesaler, your we buy cash, those are usually um, companies or individuals that are, that are making um, pretty low, low ball offers on, on homes. Um, and the reason they're making low ball offers is because sometimes they're sort of a middleman and they have to uh, turn around and make a profit and sell it to mm -hmm. an investor or they're borrowing money at really high interest rates from private money lenders because flipping houses is a pretty pretty risky operation. Yeah. This really provides a different solution for the seller where um, we'll offer the market value for their home in exchange for a transaction fee. So instead of paying a, um, a buyer's agent and a listing agent commission, they're gonna pay a, a transaction fee or a convenience fee which is going to be from eight to nine and a half percent, which sounds high, but you have to take it into consideration for really the seller's needs, um, the certainty of the transaction. You don't have the contingencies that are present in a traditional um, tr transaction with a mortgage, sure. the appraisal, um, waiting or for another house to sell, and exactly. yeah. Uh, yeah. You're not waiting 30, 40, 60 days. You know, we can close in a week or we can close in 60 days. We'll give the seller 
a couple weeks of free occupancy. It really provides them ease, certainty. Is it going to ensure that they get the absolute most for their home? We believe that the way to do that is to put your home on the market. But for sure. some people and some sellers, that's really not, that's sometimes not their best option. Sure. Now, how fast, um, if someone is interested in uh, putting uh, getting an offer from House Hopper and iBuyer, how fast is the turnaround on an offer typically? Usually we'll come out and look at the house within a couple of days. We'll, we move pretty quickly. And then after that, we would usually give the seller an offer within another day or two. Okay. Now, what if the home um, needs work or isn't in market condition? Is that kind of an ideal scenario for this uh, type of program as well? I would say so. Yeah. I mean, we'll buy homes that are anywhere from, you know, pretty much move-in ready um, all the way to homes that really need a lot of work, older homes that need a lot of updates, repairs, improvements, um, and everything in between. So if someone inherited a home um, from a, a family member or a trust and um, it needed a lot of work and they didn't have the money to put into it um, and they just wanted to, you know, kind of unload it, that, that would also be probably uh, another scenario that would work for getting an offer through House Hop, right? Yeah, that's a really good scenario for kind of the, um, the ideal, you know, seller where our House Hop program could be the right fit for them. Yeah. Now, what does someone uh, do if they want an offer? They, I'm assuming they just go onto the website? Yeah, the website is www.househop.com. And on the website, there um, is a uh, button on there where you can request an offer. You can fill out a um, questionnaire about your home. Uh, and um, we'll receive that questionnaire and then uh, get in touch with with the seller or the, the homeowner who's interested. Um, another way is just to go to the contact information on the website. If you don't want to fill up a questionnaire and go through all that, um, and just to give us a call with the number provided. Awesome. I think that's a great program. Thanks for talking about it today. Um, now, I want to um, transition into Investments One um, because, uh, like I said in the intro, investments and property management kind of go hand in hand. Um, when you're building up your investment portfolio, you know, your your goal is to work on your business and not in your business. And so the benefits of a property management company are pretty huge when it comes to uh, investing in real estate. Um, now, that's something that you're doing um, and uh, doing it through Investments One. So why don't you explain what Investments One is? So Investments One, so, you know, House Hop is, um, is a program, you know, within the Investments One uh, umbrella. So we're, we're flipping houses, doing traditional flips, and we're also, um, we also have long-term, you know, rental hold, single family rental properties that we, that we own, that we have rental management one manage. And uh, we're looking to continue to, you know, add rentals to that portfolio over time, as well as buying and selling flips. Now, what determines for you whether you are going to be flipping a property or whether you're going to buy it and hold it as a rental? Uh, I, I, property, you know, characteristics uh, of the property um, sometimes will dictate that. Um, in our every market's different, but in some of our markets, for example, you know, if the home uh, 
doesn't have a basement, um, you know, every situation is different, but that might be um, sort of a telltale sign that it would make a better rental versus, mm -hmm. versus a flip. Um, there's certainly a lot of exceptions to that. Um, you know, um, the area the house is in, you know, and something mm -hmm. you guys, you know, obviously help your owners with like determining and calculating cap rates to see, um, you know, what makes an attractive rental um, versus what what we would view as um, would be the value add um, of making improvements to a property and realizing some additional equity in the home and then turning a profit when we sell it as a flip. Yeah. And I, I could imagine that sometimes holding it as a holding it as a rental for a couple years and capitalizing on a, on a low inventory of rentals right now could probably make or break a profit on uh, an investment if you can if you can afford to hold for a certain amount of time. Because if you're running real close on the flip or the rehab, sometimes holding it and getting a good rental rate can kind of make the difference, I'd imagine. Um, so what is your biggest challenge when it comes to flipping homes here in Michigan? Flipping homes, I would say, you know, when you look at a house for the first time, you know, you got to make sure that your rosy glasses are off. <laughs> yeah. You know, because sometimes I think the the psychological aspect is you want to get a deal done and you want to believe that that rehab budget is going to be 30000 and not 50000 yeah. You want to believe that you can resell it for, you know, 300000 and not two seventy-five, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Being realistic about, about kind of the, the, um, the numbers behind the transaction and what you believe in for the projections, uh, you know, could obviously determine whether or not you buy something or you don't and whether or not you end up making money or you um, report a loss. As far as the project itself, I think it's just really, really important to have the right crew working with yeah. you, partnering with you, whether it's a general contractor or the trades direct. Um, they're just critical to uh, the success of the project, not just in terms of who can get the job done for the cheapest. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. That, that's important, but there's so much else that's really critical to the success of the project getting the job done the right way having contractors that are really more like partners for you than just kind of guys looking for a paycheck yeah um and they can give you good advice and really want want to kind of buy into your business model yeah that makes sense um what is a piece of advice or a tip uh, for a new buyer or someone who's considering getting into investment properties? What's one tip that you'd give them? I would say get in, get in touch with some uh, more experienced investors or flippers, um, whether it's like at some of the different networking events, which right now is kind of a challenge to do, um, but, or even like, you know, podcasts, just resources mm -hmm. online, you know, online communities and stuff like that um, to get advice from people that have done it, that have made the mistakes um, that, you know, you can learn from without necessarily having to go through them yourself, um, you know, ideally. Um, 
that, that's where I would start. And, uh, you know, putting together sort of a game plan for what you're looking for for your first flip, um, what you'd want your, your numbers to look like as far as rehab budget, where you're going to secure your, your funds from. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that's where I would start. That's great advice. Thank you. Now for the properties that you hold um, that you're um, putting into a, a rental portfolio, you use a property management company and you um, use rental management one. Um, what are some of the benefits or the reasons why you use a property manager for your rental portfolio? Well, I think if you want to be like a hands-on property manager, I mean, all power to you, but if you, I, I mean, it just kind of depends on how you're looking at the investment. Um, the hands-on approach would not be the right thing for, for our operation. And really it wouldn't be the right thing. Even if I personally had just one or two rental properties, I mean, do you want to spend your weekends like dealing with your rental investments. I mean, if you have stocks and bonds in Apple, you're not going to be in the board meetings at Apple and going over kind of the, you know, new iPhone with the R and D team. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of, I kind of view it the same way. You want professionals to handle, you know, that kind of asset and, you know, and, and that, you know, fixed income. I also think that like a time like right now where navigating the challenges of like, what's going on with, you know, the moratorium on evictions and all that stuff. You know, we have, you know, a situation going on that I could not imagine not having rental management one there to help me sort of sort things out and figure out um, what to do. Uh, I think that would be very difficult for somebody to do by themselves that didn't have like a lot of experience and more importantly, like desire to, spend a lot of their spare time um, towards managing these properties. Yeah. And if anything, just to, you know, be the, the um, diffuse, diffuser between the tenant and the owner is uh, a huge benefit. And I know you've appreciated that when you've seen some of the, uh, the communications we get from uh, some of the tenants. So, uh, yeah. well, thank you so much for uh, being on with me today. I really appreciate it. It was awesome to learn about house hop. And uh, as you said, if you're interested in finding out more about house, house hop, the website is www.househop.com. Um, thank you so much, Evan. Well, now it's that time in our show where we entertain a maintenance minute from our maintenance director, Randy Ostrom. Hello, RMO Maintenance. Oh, slow down, slow down. Just give me a minute. You know, a housewarming gift people think is like a toaster or a bottle of wine. Really, the best thing for housewarming is your furnace. <laughs> There comes that time of year in the fall where you have to turn your thermostat on because it's getting a little cold. I know around my house that can be a heated discussion. <laughs> a gentleman by the name of Willis Carrier is credited for inventing the air conditioner. You could say that Mr. Carrier knew air conditioners before it was cool. <laughs> Most people don't know this, but 
If you don't change your furnace filter, it actually turns into a gray cat. So if you've ever seen an old furnace filter or heard your furnace filter, meow, that means it's time to change it. <laughs> yeah, that was me back on the comedy tour. Back before I realized that furnace maintenance is no joke. There's a few things that you can do to help your furnace run efficiently. You can have it serviced by a professional. Change those thermostat batteries, but the easiest thing you can do is change your furnace filter. Furnace filters come in all sizes and qualities, so it's really whatever you prefer and whatever the manufacturer recommends. Air quality is very important nowadays. You see people walk around with masks in public because they want to protect what they breathe. However, at home, their furnace filter looks like this. If you can't remember the last time you changed your furnace filter, then it's probably time to do so. Look at this old furnace filter. Oh, so gross. Whoops. Oh, look it, it worked. Great cats do come from furnace filters. I will name you Dusty. Honey! Well, it looks like my minute is up. But remember, when you're working with RMO, we're gonna figure your problem out together. But right now, I gotta get this one figured out. Rental Management One is a full-service property management company managing properties throughout the state of Michigan. For more information, check out our website at www.rentalmanagementone.com.